All right, so we are back with another episode, and today we have with us Nicole Johnson. And Nicole, it came on my radar a few ways, well, one specific way on Facebook, and then I believe also on LinkedIn, I think. But um, in any case, I'm about eradicating obscurity and people who are visible. I feel as though they have made a decision to show up for themselves and their story needs to be shared. So Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome, awesome. So to officially introduce um, Nicole and tell a little bit about her, she is the physician's prescription for profit. She's a certified medical revenue manager and physicians hire her to streamline their office procedures and make them more profitable because most of them don't have time to monitor patient follow-up, review account receivables, or oversee their practice management. So she creates automated systems, effective office structures, and reduces denied claims to under 2%. Her bottom line results allow physicians to have more time to treat their patients, spend less time doing work at home, all while seeing more profits from the practice. So thank you so much for that. That's a really great bio. I like that. (laughs) Thank you. Um, you. How did you get into doing what it is that you do? Well, I actually started as a doing a virtual call center back in 2017. My mission was to actually start helping mainly moms find a way to work from home instead of securing a part-time job to bring income into their household. And then that grew into a business deal for medical billing. And that actually grew into, it turned into a bad business deal. Let me start with that. (laughs) And, but because of the people that I had involved in the program, um, I had to find a way to salvage their future and not let that fall by the wayside for them. So I ended up finding a backup program and uh, made an investment and that rescued me and them and brought me to being able to show people how to become what's called a practice manager and work with the physicians, then also work with the physicians to reduce their denied claims and increase their bottom line. So the bad deal gone good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I love that sort of nature that you have that, you know, you, that says a lot of things of your personality in general. I don't know you that well. Well, we just, our paths just crossed that not that long ago. But the fact that you took a bad situation and didn't just sit there with it, you decided to turn it into something else. Did you like just grow up with that sort of, you know, that's what we do. We make the best out of um, not so great situations. Or was this the first time you ever decided to do that? Or just, just like a pattern of what you've done your entire life? I'm just curious. This is a pattern of what I've done my entire life. It started out as survival mode from my childhood. And then as, a, as I grew into an adult, being able to shift and pivot when in situations and having to make quick decisions, uh, that is just a pattern that I've always had. My background actually is in the legal field, not necessarily the medical field, but uh, I am resilient and I believe in making an opportunity whenever I can find one. Awesome. Awesome. So tell me about, like, did you have a specific moment, and you may have already said this again, if you can go over for emphasis, like, did you have a specific moment where you had an enough is enough point? You know, typically people don't come out of high school into entrepreneurship. 
they typically go to college and get a job and then things happen and then boom, they decide to do something else. So what was your enough is enough moment behind your go into entrepreneurship this time around with this? Yeah. With this venture, because I've had a couple and, but the most recent one, as I have a full, I still have a full-time job and I work for the government. And in a 10-year span, I have experienced three government shutdowns. First time, you know, it was a new experience. I'm like, oh, we get this. At that time, we, the first time we stayed home. We didn't have to come to work, but we weren't getting paid. So I was home. I was, oh, okay, a couple of days off. And it didn't last long. Maybe about a week, barely. And we did get reimbursed. That second time, we were considered essential staff members. So now I have to go to work. And you're telling me I'm not getting paid. I'm having a real problem with this right here. And so that was the point where I really started to dig into my entrepreneurship. I have always done something with entrepreneurship because I got caught without a plan B when we experienced a house fire years ago. And I promised myself that I would not get caught without a plan B. And I kind of got complacent, got comfortable, and that shutdown occurred. And I said, okay, well, not really a big deal. But the second time around, okay, no. Then I began to really go back to what I had said before. Not only will I not get caught without a plan B, but now I really want something different in life. And that keeping a, having a good job for 40 years, 50 years, that had played out of my life. And I wanted to travel more. I wanted to see this big old universe that God has created. And um, the office environment has taken a negative turn. And so mm-hmm. as a good employee who's uh, totally valuable and uh, the problem solver and the, the one that they turn to more often than usual to help clean up somebody else's mess has really worn me out. Mm-hmm. So I invested, eventually invested in a business coach. And I really, someone had been watching for some time and she, I talked to her and I told her, I said, really, how did you decide to come off of your job? And I explained my situation and she gave me a lot of good tips. And I really just wanted to turn my life to a different aspect, but I didn't want to do it just for myself. If I can find what works for me, I wanted to be able to share with other moms in my same predicament to help and make sure that they didn't get caught without a plan B. There's so much of what you said. I feel like almost each sentence that you said, it could be like a separate like podcast interview. (laughs) Um, So let's see what I'm going to do with this. I want my listeners definitely to hear that you, so a lot of us, we're in a role, we're in a job, we have a day job and there is a encouragement to be satisfied and to be happy, right? That we have a job. Right. And that we have a quote, good job. It's in healthcare, right? Very right. However, I want you to listen to what Nicole said is that she expect she experienced furloughs. And I post about, or I have posted about hospital shutdowns. I've posted about units that lose all of a sudden, all the doctors that support the unit decide to quit or sign a contract with another hospital. So therefore there's no surgeries going on and the cardiac ICU shuts down. I've shared about hospitals that something crazy goes on with people's money and all of a sudden their insurance goes bad and nobody can come to various things have happened in the healthcare field. And there is no such thing as a quote, a good stable job, even in healthcare. So I feel as though obviously that having a side hustle or something you're doing on the side 
I feel like it's a responsible thing to do. It just is. And I like how you shared too, that it took a couple moments of being uncomfortable for you to shift and do anything. Yeah, absolutely. It did. And then I get mad. (laughs) I get mad, Amelia, because when we had that fire, I had never tapped into entrepreneurship. My son was hospitalized and I had to go back to work. So I returned to work. I worked for a privately held company at that time. There was cards and gifts and all sorts of lovely things on my desk and a card from them saying, come back and see us when you return to work. So when I went to their office, the secretary was, oh, Nicole, I'm so glad you guys are okay and this, that, and the other. And I loved it. She said, but you're going to have to come back next week because they're on vacation in Hawaii. I'm sorry, what? So I walked back to my desk, but I have to walk across like this warehouse size uh, floor where all these people are calling and collect because I worked in bill collections at that time. And they're taking payments and they're making money for these people that are laying on the beach having a good time. And every step I took, I got more and more angry. But I wasn't mad at them. I was mad at me because I had not positioned myself to have that opportunity to take care, to take a plan B so that I could vacation when I want and still make money. But more importantly, I could be with my son who was injured and still have money coming in to take care of my family. So that was the first, that was the first enough is enough and never again. Mm -hmm. Life happened and I didn't continue with that. But now that I'm older, my children are older. I don't want to spend the next 25 years working for the federal government and not living the life that I really want to live. I mean, and I love also what you said is, you know, I've noticed that too. I'm a pediatric nurse by background and part of my interest in entrepreneurship is just the practicality of it. I mean, I've seen our kids, they need to have infusions. They get um, biologic medications that's monthly, if not week. Well, yeah, monthly infusions for the most part. Time off of work is incredible. And having the conversation with the parent asking them to choose between bringing their kids to an appointment or their job, that's not a great conversation to have. I don't like it. I just feel as though, well, well, co-sign with everything you said. I'm not going to rehash and repeat. <laughs> and so, um, so tell me about what you discovered and what you're doing now. I mean, what are you, so everything begins with assessment in healthcare. What problem did you assess? Like you assessed, well, we did talk beforehand, but you assess a particular problem and you decided to treat that problem. So tell me about the problem that you assessed. So one of the things that I know that physicians have, sometimes they're losing money at an alarming rate every month due to their billing processes, sometimes staff processes that don't work effectively. And so physicians have a very, the nurses, the physicians, they are considered very prominent. And it's very hard to get them to open up about where they're having deficiencies because they don't want to feel embarrassed. So what I do is make uh, make them very comfortable and have a conversation with them about the money that they're losing. For example, if they're billing out $100,000 every month, but they're losing 30% of it due to the fact that they don't have staff to manage the claim denials, I make them very comfortable in sharing that information um, through a practice analysis. And it's just a conversation like you and I are having. And when I find those pain points, I really focus on all of the things that are happening. So you're, you're 
You don't have the staff to do the claim uh, denial management. What else is going on? Do you guys have an effective process in place to follow up for patient appointments? Are your patients, do they have a portal where they can pay online? All kind that whole, we spent about 45 minutes together really getting to what I call an actual checkup on the physician. Doctors are used to taking care of their patients and I'm going to be the one to take care of the doctor. Gotcha. So speaking of taking care of the doctor and best practices for our business, tell me about, so one, I'm here, I feel like I'm here. I was born to fight obscurity to help people be seen and get the access to resources they need in life business, professional life, all the above. So when it comes to best practices, I know collaborations are amazing. Do you have, and you mentioned also that you had watched a coach for some time and you reached out to her and she's helped you. Tell me about some of the best practices or some of the best, um, without naming names or details, about some of the best like, collaborations that you've experienced so far in your business. Okay. So my business coach was one That was a pure eye-opener in how to conduct my business and how to raise my my being seen in the community and how to nurture my community. I've also partnered with people such as yourself. So again, thank you for this opportunity. And I'd like to get with bloggers who have a particular nurse, medical professional, doctors, Uh, audience so that I can let them know that I'm here. I have an accountability partner in my business. That has been a lifesaver because the journey to entrepreneurship can be lonely and it it, it can be an area where people don't trust other people. So having a support system in place has been very beneficial. I have started partnering with nurses who, uh, or professionals who put on business summits and sponsoring some of their events because that brings about branding and media exposure. So those collaborations have been some of the best strategic partnerships for me. Awesome. Awesome. And as far as your accountability partner, can you, do you feel comfortable naming names or? <laughs> oh, I don't mind talking about my business buddy because she won't take anybody else. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> We actually, and, and the re, I always believe in finding uh, a pacing partner that is on the same path that you're on. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes people who don't understand your journey because they're not on it won't understand the things that you're doing and the sacrifices that you make. So I'm a single mom, and Stacy, uh, her business is of Q's Health and Wellness here in Birmingham. She's a mom, and we're both actually we work in the same office building. We meet periodically. We talk probably daily. We hold each other accountable for goals. What is it that you're working on this week? What do you have for next week? If she comes across something that she thinks could benefit me, she shares it. She'll ask me what can she do to help me. All of those things are important. Oh, so she does check on me regularly. We probably text or talk mostly text, daily. And she, the fact that someone understands the sacrifices. So when I drop off and I'm not as in touch as much, she makes sure that I'm okay and vice versa. So it is really hard out here as an entrepreneur. She's a sounding board. I'm a sounding board for her. And just really somebody that says, hey, I'm praying for you. I'm supporting you. What is it that you need so you can be successful? 
that is very important on this entrepreneurial journey. And I love it. Awesome. Awesome. So tell us about like where people can find you, what you got, what you have coming up in the next few months and yeah, how can people stay in touch with you? Okay. So right now my website is under construction. So I do a lot of social media networking um, on, you can find me on LinkedIn under Nicole Johnson, revenue manager. Um, if people want to send me an email to ask questions, that would be great. I'll send them a link to join my calendar so that we can set up a time that we can meet. And that email is be like baby, A-N-D like David, be like baby, information at gmail.com. So let me say my company is B and B Business Services, and it's named after my children, Brianna and Brandon. So B and B information at gmail.com. I am also on Instagram at B and B by Nicole. And if they just want to call, they can do that as well and reach me at area code 205-267-9840. And over the next couple of weeks right now, we're working on our Black Friday special because Amelia, not only do I work with physicians and nurses who need billing services, I also have a part of my business where I actually teach other people to do what I do. And that for me is the, is the equal, equally as important part of what I do because I empower people and especially women to become business owners and step outside of their comfort zone and start looking at life from a different perspective. I want them to start seeing how they can fire their boss the same way that I'm on the, the road to doing my firing my boss. It's time for us, especially us moms. Now, guys, if you're listening, please believe me, this applies to you as well. But I'm relating as a mother who wants to be create a new stream of income from home. Please watch out for my Black Friday sale in February. I'll be at a networking boss summit in Raleigh, uh, North Carolina. You'll be able to find more information about that when you uh, follow me on social media. And I do have a private group for people to come and learn more before they step out of their comfort zone so they can see the process kind of partially in effect before they take that leap. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for sharing your story and, you know, the being so transparent about the, I guess, the struggles that you've had with starting down the entrepreneurship route. We're definitely not, you know, advocating just leave your day job and hope for the best. No, we're talking about building something alongside what you're already doing. And even though you're building with safety, building will safety of a day job, please note all that Nicole is doing and taking action just because she's not, she, she learned, you know, she took several things happened, you know, a couple of furloughs and she went through different things, not being able to have time off to not being able to have as much time off as she wants to take care of her kids. But so what she did with that is she decided to take that and turn that into action that will serve her and her family. So thank you so much for sharing that part of your story. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to staying in touch with you. Oh, Amelia, thank you for having me. And I do hope we stay in touch. (laughs) Okay, take care.